Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fuggin Gettys. Let's hip host. How you doing, Bless? I'm doing good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Right before the show started, me and you were geeking out over Invincible Man. How exciting is this? We got Robert Kirkman coming on the Kind of Funny podcast today to talk about it all. What a world we live in. Dude, it's an exciting time to be a nerd. Because, yeah, I watched Invin- I think I told Greg this earlier in the week. I watched Invincible for the first time over the, over the weekend. Like, every, like most of us did, right? Like, I know people, people read the comics. You mentioned that you read the comic right before the show. And so people have been exposed to it, but this is my first experience with it. And let me tell you, tell you Tim, I'm in it. I'm into it. I'm in love. Hell I can't yeah. wait to watch the, watch the new episodes this week. But also, man, like, I just love that, like, today is Wednesday, which means it is, like, comic book fan uh, nerd Eve oh, of yeah. dreams. Because every yeah. every Thursday now, we're getting Falcon Winter Soldier we're, or some MCU project. We're getting Invincible right now. Eventually, we're going to get the boys back. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong coming out. It's already out now. HBO Max. Dude, Mortal Woo! Kombat's coming out soon soon delayed but soon delayed. yeah no it's it's that magical thing where uh, like when wandavision first started i wasn't completely sold on the week-to-week thing i was like okay cool it's a throwback to hell or quote-unquote throwback right it's traditional television you're getting it week to week and i was like all right i'd rather just binge this but now now that we're at where we're at i'm like dude how exciting are fridays now how exciting are thursdays i love it super excited mm-hmm. tim enough about that nerd shit let's talk about some more nerd shit. Today's stories <laughs> include Cyberpunk's multiplayer being possibly canceled, good news for xCloud, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, and correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, at to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, a new episode of the Gamescast is live, and it's our Monster Hunter Rise review featuring the return of Imran, the Don Khan. You can catch that on the Gamescast podcast feed and on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Imran lays it all down as far as how much he loves Monster Hunter Rise. And I also get to talk a little, about, a little bit about Narita Boy, and we talk about other games as well. Uh, it's a very good Gamescast episode that you should definitely check out. And then today... After Kind of Funny Games Daily, right after this, Greg's Outrider stream is raising money for American Heart Association. So you can tune in for the normal Wednesday stream, but this time it's for a good cause. You can donate right now at kindoffunny.com slash A-H-A. That is kindoffunny.com slash A-H-A. And I will be joining him for that because I, I, I started playing the Outriders demo earlier this week and I got super into it and I was like dude I'm kind of I'm ready for this game to come out because I, I think I'm gonna fall in love with it uh but we shall see and you can see right after this episode of kind of funny games daily then There's next- one more one more thing of housekeeping here though that we that we added uh next Monday Andy Snowbike Mike and Greg Miller himself will be streaming Outriders showing off NVIDIA's uh graphics cards with the DLSS tech all that fancy stuff we're trying to get a 3080 in Greg's computer we're gonna oh, give snap. give Greg the full-on PC experience and try to try to get him converted here like so many of us mm. here kind of funny have slowly mm. been been making that change making that addition maybe not change maybe not switch but making the addition into our oh, lives yeah. and we're, we're close to getting boy. Greg Greg, Mil- Greg Miller is, is definitely like hard mode when it comes to trying to convert somebody to PC. 
Yeah. Will, he, will he be converted? Tune in Monday to find out. Maybe DLSS will be the thing to do it. DLSS is so cool. Like, I yes. learned about DLSS for the first time during our uh, Cyberpunk sp- sponsored NVIDIA stream. Mm-hmm. And Andy laying down, like, hey, no, DLSS is basically AI understanding the ways in which to make this game, like, make this game shine more for the monitor and the, in the setup you have. Really cool stuff. I'm excited to check that stream out again on Monday, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games thank you to our patreon producers mick at the nanobiologist abramson blackjack and trent berry today we're brought to you by expressvpn but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper report it's time for some news we have six stories today baker's dozen Wow, as aggressive Baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, CD Projekt has seemingly canceled the cyberpunk multiplayer game. I'm pulling from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. CD Projekt Red's next AAA title won't be a multiplayer cyberpunk game as previously planned, its parent company said on Tuesday. As part of a wide-ranging CD Projekt strategy update, President and Joint CEO Adam Kaczynski said the company has reconsidered its plans for the game. CD Projekt suggested in January 2020 that its Cyberpunk multiplayer project would be its own AAA release rather than a Cyberpunk 2077 add-on. And last November, Kaczynski Kaczynski called it a, quote, separate, dedicated production, a big production, adding, quote, we think about it as a standalone product, end quote. However, Kaczynski said in a video released on Tuesday, quote, previously we hinted that our next AAA would be a multiplayer Cyberpunk game, but we have decided to reconsider this now. Given our, our given our new, more systematic and agile approach, instead of primarily focusing on one big online experience or game, we're focusing on bringing online into all of our franchises one day, end quote. In a conference call held after the initial announcement, Kaczynski was, was asked to confirm which games are currently in CD Projekt Red's development pipeline. He offered the following response regarding multiplayer titles, quote, regarding online, we are changing our approach. So we want to have online in our in, in our future games, definitely, but step by step. So we are working on specific features, enhancing our single player games, but we are not working on releasing the next game game as a big online experience. So we will be enhancing our single player games with online experiences. End quote. Tim, do you understand what the fuck he's talking about here? <laughs> you know, it sounds a little bit weird. I mean, what this if I'm understanding correctly, this sounds like in early 2020 they made a statement that's like, we believe that online experiences and the single player game should be separate things built from the ground up for that experience. So that's what we're doing. And now it seems they're like, well, where the market's at, we realized that was a wrong plan. We need to go back and just add multiplayer experiences to the single player games that we already have, kind of enhancing them, adding value to them there or whatever. How much of this is just because of what Cyberpunk has become? That's the more interesting part to me. Like, is that going to, is this more enticing to people? Whereas putting out a new just multiplayer game that's a standalone, you have to buy a new thing, is going to come off as kind of a fuck you to the audience that is supporting this game, that is playing the game, that did buy it and are happy enough to not be super upset about it? Yeah. I, I See, my question for this would have been, like, is it where the market is at or is it where Cyberpunk 2077 is at? Because yesterday on, on the show, Greg talked a little bit about how they came out and they kind of gave out their their marketing strategy, what they're looking forward to, as far as how they're going to treat their games going forward. And it seems like CD Projekt Red 
has planned to position both cyberpunk and the witcher as their key key franchises and everything everything they do in terms of new development new games new updates are going to build off those two cores and so you look at the witcher and what the witcher is now and it is the witcher 3 it is gwent it is uh a lot of spin-off games the witcher adventure games like the uh, uh the witcher netflix show right witcher as a pillar of cd project red expands way beyond just the witcher 3 and what the what the witcher franchise is as a core gaming franchise and it seems like they in theory want to treat cyberpunk the same way if you look at the the actually we don't even need to pull this up but um, they, they announced the anime too in one of the night city wires right yes yes they have that and you imagine like i mean they announced the online a year ago right that seems to mm-hmm. be changing and shifting in in, in in a very big way i wonder if we I, I wonder if that continues to be the plan going forward if they continue to go yeah no cyberpunk is a is is going to be a pillar or if cyberpunk's launch makes that disappear because cyberpunk as a brand doesn't have the strength that they that they wanted from it yeah i mean it is interesting and i i think that in terms of it being a brand people enjoy i think they can turn that around turning cyberpunk 2077 into what we all hoped it would be is it's impossible there's no way that it can be this game beyond games right like from the makers of witcher 3 comes this mm-hmm. cyberpunk game that looks awesome and then it came out in all the issues that we don't need to reiterate for a th- thousand time but you know i do think that adding things like an anime adding things like potentially multiplayer modes to the game or just giving kind of you got to listen to the users at this point right it's not listening to us the people not playing it's listening to the people that are playing doubling down on giving them stuff so eventually there's the word of mouth of like hey this game's actually really good now like that's what these type of big games need to be able to get a second life the second life's never going to be as big or impactful as that that first impression can be right Mm -hmm. but i do think that that is enough to gain back a foothold uh in 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 gamers hearts yeah i mean do you think cyberpunk as a brand has that chance to still turn into something like the witcher even though we even even though cyberpunk 2077 as a game seems to have lost that potential absolutely i mean cyberpunk is cool as hell like Mm -hmm. it's inherently cool the colors are cool the font looks cool the characters are badass it's it's something that in 2021 holds a lot of appeal in a mainstream way to a lot of people there are more people that haven't played cyberpunk than there are that have right so they can be interested and they don't know about all the bad stuff that that cyberpunk has before and and hopefully to get it to a point when the next gen upgrades are out and when everything's a little bit more like ironed out and this is more behind us if the game's good enough and the solid base of people that are still playing now are loud enough i do think that it could then you know get into the the hearts and minds of people that that didn't know about all this stuff um and then with that comes the goodwill them adding all these other projects and again this is where things like anime come into play where you know we know the witcher series there was that story of when it came out on netflix it boomed the the sales of witcher 3 right yeah imagine this anime series comes out on netflix or wherever it comes out people really really dig it really like the vibe and then they're like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go check out the cyberpunk game if the cyberpunk game is fixed by then that's a good sign right Mm. to me i i think that is it that's a more plausible thing with the witcher because the witcher has the characters in the world to back it up whereas on the cyberpunk side you know i did care about characters here and there i loved my girl pan am i liked uh, uh johnny silverhand you know I, I i i loved uh some of the core characters but with your main character kind of being this 
you know, whoever you want them to be, right? Like you create them and you you operate through the world the way the way that you want to play. I I don't know if there is that same core of cyberpunk is a world I want to follow for the lore and for the history and for the and, and, and for the characters beyond what that core I guess gameplay loop is in Cyberpunk 2077 beyond. Uh, I mean, I'm curious to see what the Cyberpunk anime is because even that I see as something that is more. Hey, let's let's you know expand on the world of Cyberpunk 2077 and Night City a bit, but also let's not do that in a way that is going to make you attached to any certain characters. But I think that that's kind of the key thing about Cyberpunk is that the character is the world that matters most. It isn't the characters themselves. And I think that that's what like people latch onto. It's like, oh, this is cool. I want more of this as opposed to I want to get deeper into this lore of the Witcher fantasy side of things, right? Mm. So I feel like people watching this anime made by Trigger, who are one of the most renowned anime studios in the world, if it's as good as that has the potential to be, then I think that it really could sell a lot of people on like, oh my God, I love this world. I want more. And then they look into it like Keanu Reeves is the main character of this game. Like, that's an easy sell for more mainstream people that would get exposure to this on a Netflix stage or wherever it is. I don't know if it's actually Netflix. I want to look into that. I want to say uh, that for I remember Netflix, but I also could be misremembering. Kevin, what's up? I was just going to ask a quick question. Could this be an attempt uh, for CD Projekt Rag to go back to The Witcher and release something there? Because, like, I mean, they're, like, really, really well-known for fucking killing the witcher right like the witcher amazing yeah. game everyone loves it and it, can you imagine if they're suddenly like hey uh don't worry about the thing that we said is next the next thing is actually multiplayer witcher game come and play and then like well yeah. rebuild their name a little bit you know they announced yesterday i think the uh the next gen update for witcher 3 yeah they have they have a whole i'm gonna send this to you actually kevin on uh assets they put out uh, a roadmap for the year of, to their investors so you can kind of understand as a company what they're driving towards and like what their strategy is uh and in the update right they talk about both cyberpunk and the witcher and on the cyberpunk side side it was basically patches and updates free dlc uh and then the the next gen update that they're still, still working on and then on the witcher side it is the witcher monster slayer which i believe is a spinoff thing the witcher 3 next gen update which i guess is coming later this year which is really cool and then further development of Gwent. And with that, you know, with, with Cyberpunk and The Witcher being like their two core things, The Witcher is definitely, you're definitely going to see more Witcher. You're definitely going to see The Witcher 4. And then also, I wouldn't be surprised if there is more of a more core online version of The Witcher that I don't know if it's going to be like Final Fantasy 14 or Elder Scrolls Online or their own version of MMO. I don't know if they're going to go that far. There obviously could be a lot of potential in that because people love The Witcher. Um, but yeah, I think I think you are going to see them double down on that, like on on turning The Witcher into like this huge like this huge franchise that continues to 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 spin off more and more content. I think they want to do that. They they want to do that with both these franchises. One of these franchises, I think you can definitely do that with and be successful with especially if you continue to treat it right the other one i think i'm still i'm still waiting to see them canceling the the standalone multiplayer game and say that them saying that they're going to focus more on updating the game that they have with on with online experiences makes me go all right we'll see like i don't i, I for for me i kind of doubt that we'll ever see that for for uh, cyberpunk 2077 i think that is them basically basically going you know we're tr we're trying what we can with that thing and whatever happens happens yeah, the Netflix Netflix is going to be the home of the anime coming of the out. Anime. 
Yeah, and an interesting thing to put out there is, you know, even without the game being good or being 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 amazing is probably the better way to put it. Like, that doesn't mean the IP isn't extremely valuable. And if the anime is a hit, and if the tabletop game continues to like get have its sales go up, like it's been we've been seeing as well, it's like CD Projekt Red doesn't necessarily need to care if the game is the the key to their success of the IP. Yeah. If it's just another pillar, another vertical of their their IP making money and revenue for them, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, they only need what, like one hit thing within that IP in order to give it value again. And so yeah. if the anime does come out and the anime is fucking incredible and people get super into it, then that is enough to jumpstart life again in that thing. Or if they're able to update Cyberpunk 2077 in a way that down the line everybody's like, fuck, this thing is awesome now. This thing is amazing again. Shit, look at this DLC. This DLC is off the chain and and, and, and makes you like recontextualize the way you look at the world, right? And and if that ex- if that ignites excitement, then that could be enough to jumpstart that thing and, and get people going with it. Totally. Uh, and so I'm not going to count it out fully, but I'm also, in terms of the multiplayer thing, I am not too hopeful about it at this point. Story number two, Tim. Mario is dead. That's right. Oh. He's gone. It's March 31st. Put on your Mario hats. <laughs> <laughs> Mario's fucking dead. Uh, I'm going to pull from uh, John Walker. Oh, I don't like that. John Walker at Kotaku, who writes an article titled, Today is your last chance to buy Super Mario 3D All-Stars for no damn reason. It's either one of the most elaborate April Fool's jokes of all time, or today marks the last day Nintendo will be selling Super Mario 3D All-Stars, either in physical form or via the Switch's electronic shop. From April 1st, they still maintain it's to be taken behind Miyamoto's barn and shot. As the company made clear six and a half months ago, the Switch's remastered collection of Super Mario's 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy would only be on sale until March 31st, 2021. It was an incredibly st- it was an incredibly strange decision, clearly designed to inculcate a sense of FOMO into Nintendo's passionate audience. All framed as part of Mario 35- Mario's 35th anniversary celebrations, the peculiar announcement was originally made in a surprise Mario Direct on September 3rd last year. It went on to sale. It went on sale two weeks later, and despite not being an, an especially amazing, amazingly executed collection, 64 received none of the updating, updating love it desperately needs. Sunshine is still sunshine, and the absence of Galaxy 2 remains extremely odd. It has still sold pretty well ever since, especially so in the last few days, as people rush to buy it before they can't do so anymore. Physical sales have gone up by a reported 276% compared to last week's, let alone the undisclosed digital sales from the eShop. It's presumably a massive coincidence that March 31st also happens to be the last day Nintendo's financial calendar. Uh, a couple of things to also note. Today's, today also marks the last day uh, you can play Super Mario Bros. 35. Uh, that's Nintendo's stab at a Tetris 99-style online multiplayer. And then also Nintendo's Game & Watch handheld console that features the original Super Mario Bros. game will also, not, will also no longer be produced after March 31st, 2021. Rest in peace, Mario. Tim. Do you have any final words for Mario at this eulogy? I mean, they got me. I bought it. You know, I was like, I need this piece of history. This Nintendo piece of bullshit-ass fucking history. But I got it. They got me. Um, It's weird. I I don't really understand some of the choices they're making. The same thing with the Fire Emblem. uh, Mm -hmm. The NES port or whatever the hell they did. Uh, Why they time limit it. I, I understand the Mario 35 thing a bit more where it's like, cool, this is an online experience and we're like timing it to celebrate the year. And like th- that makes way more sense to me than limiting the sale of some of their most popular games of all time. Um, and I understand wanting to get that 
that skyrocket push of sales right before the you know financial dates up but like so much about this is weird and i've you know i'm a, a beating a dead horse here but no galaxy 2 weird ass yeah. choice mario 64 not being widescreen weird ass choice only because it's next to sunshine which had added widescreen yeah. um what this means for the future that's what i'm most interested in do these games get released again on the the eShop somehow are they separate titles do they add galaxy 2 do they fix any of this stuff am i gonna buy them all again so many of these questions we'll have to wait and see <laughs> the fucked up thing is that the answer to that last question is gonna be yes <laughs> like if they if they like if they release Gal- galaxy 2 on the store for 60 dollars yeah i guess i'm gonna buy oh my it God. because it's, it, it's galaxy it would... 2 <laughs> no 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 here, here i'm drawing the line Gal- bless i love galaxy 2 60 dollars for that would be 60 dollars for this is what hear me charged. out galaxy 2 three. plus Bow- plus bowser's fury 2 or plus some fucking weird add-on that probably I mean, isn't worth it but is going to make you pay the full price i can see I, it i mean yeah i would probably i would i would do that yeah if there was new stuff but like which there will be they're not gonna do that no they won't be i i if they do it if they do it standalone they will they'll find a way to make that thing 60 dollars. i don't think so really a new a new world a new level pack a new costume they're not doing five new five new costumes it's it they're gonna find a way they're gonna find a way to make it for the wii u games they do that for the wii u games they don't do that for the older like older 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 stuff mario galaxy 2 wait did uh was mario galaxy 2 remastered on the wii u i forget no Mm-mm. okay hear me that's out mario galaxy, mario galaxy 2 remastered that's not going to be the one they remastered new skins <laughs> no 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 i can see it tim rest in peace mario uh we love you de- dearly we will miss you mm-hmm. see you next year i guess story number three xbox backwards compatibility is coming to the cloud i'm pulling this directly from news.xbox.com today we're embarking on a new journey for the backward compatibility program taking it to the cloud xbox game pass ultimate members can now tap into a collection of favorites from the past in a whole new way right on mobile devices turning them into into retro handheld systems 16 original xbox and xbox 360 games are now available on android phones and tablets with more games coming soon we've listened to the feedback going all the way back to our earliest cloud gaming preview and making games from previous generations available on mobile devices has been one of the most requested features by the community so now you'll be able to play a range of games on mobile from original xbox titles like elder scrolls 3 morrowind to xbox 360 hits like banjo kazooie <laughs> fable 2 and fallout new vegas that's kind of fucked up to call banjo kazooie an xbox 360 hit but i get yeah it. totally <laughs> we're also enabling touch controls for jetpack refueled viva pinata and viva pinata tip allowing you to, to attend to your garden with ease with games connected through the Xbox network, you're able to bring past saves with you and play along with gamers from around the world. Uh, this is what the list of backwards compatible titles playable with Xbox Xbox Gaming Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta look like. All right, it is Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Double Dragon Neon, Fable Two, Fallout New Vegas, Gears of War Two, Gears of War Three, Gears of War Judgment, Jetpack Refueled, and that has touch controls enabled. Cameo, Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark Zero, Elder Scrolls Three, Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Four, Oblivion. Viva Pinata touch, with touch controls. Uh, Viva Pinata TIP with touch controls. Tim, really cool. How Xbox does this. Oh, this is all. This is all absolutely fantastic. I want to take a quick sideline for a sec to go back to the last story because I want to address a couple things in chat talking about the Mario stuff. I do think that they're, they're saying that like Tim will buy it. 
I'm saying this right now. I will not buy Mario Galaxy 2 for $60 digitally. If it's physical, that's a totally different story. I'm a fucking sucker, and they got me by the balls. Uh, second off, people are saying, like, Skyward Sword 60. Skyward Sword is remastered, and there's a bunch of added stuff. I just don't see them doing that with Galaxy 2. That's what I'm saying. I think it'd be more like what they did with Galaxy in this. And then the last thing is Torchwood Forest pieces. Tim, I love you, but complaining about the price on 3D All-Stars when you got a review code is odd. Our jobs are to understand the price of, like, the value of the money and what we're reviewing and what we're talking about that's why i got mm. the review code also i bought this myself for 60 dollars. Yeah. so i understand the value of it i understand the nintendo got me the, by the goddamn balls yeah most of us here bought through uh who ha- most of here, most of us here who have 3d world bought 3d world also because yeah. like nintendo i think only gave us one code and so mm-hmm. we definitely understand the value of that game specifically yeah. and we're all uh, suckers is basically exactly we're all suckers but the opposite side of this is microsoft treating people not like suckers treating them right this hot of the, the tales of this Mario news and of the PlayStation 3 and, and Vita stores being taken down with Xbox yep. coming out with this, it's it's awesome to me because this is evidence for the upteen time of Microsoft not being retaliatory. It's not like, oh, those news stories dropped, so they dropped this news story as like, a, look how good we are. This is just part of their plan. This is just the steps that they've been taking. They're continuing to move towards this path of them adding value to their their ecosystem and understanding that Xbox has finally become a brand that's been around at this point 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And that means that there's a legacy. That means that there's there's gamers out there that have memories of Viva Pinata and Elder Scrolls 4 and, and Cameo, even like all of these games. And it's like adding them more and more and more to not only backwards compatibility, but now to xCloud as well. Eventually, you got to imagine there's going to be a world where all of the games that they can have access to will be here, will be in, enhanced uh, with, you know, Xbox Series X patches, will be enhanced with the xCloud capability and all of that stuff. And it's like, that is a value that is so much better than paying $60 for three uh, ROMs on a, a cartridge, where it's, yep. you are paying monthly dollars to get access to all these games, but not just access to the games, access to the games in more ways than they've ever been playable, in the best ways they've ever been playable. Yep. Adding touchpad cap- uh, capabilities to Viva Pinata, right? Like that is such a th- that that is a thing that they don't have to do, but they're doing it because they're going above and beyond with it. And I love I love the language they use here, where they, where they mention, uh, you know, you're returning your mobile devices into retro handhelds, and it's like you guys get it. Like that is that that is the, the smartest way to phrase that and to put that put that out there. Because just yesterday, just last night, I started playing Disco Elysium on my PS5, and a couple hours in, I was like, "Fuck, I'm loving this." But man, it would be great to play this game on a handheld in my bed because playing Disco Elysium to me is almost like reading a book where there's so much text, there's so much description, there's so much uh, uh, to kind of sit there and take in because it, it is an entirely narrative game. And part of me was like, man, I wish I could play. I wish I could play this like in my bed. I know I can probably uh, use remote play through my phone or through a tablet or something in order to in order to do that, um, uh, which is an awesome, awesome thing to be able to do for Xbox to be able to go back into the history and find ways to to allow people to play the games that they want to play in the ways they want to play. Such a fantastic thing. I'm such a, such a big fan of it. Uh, and shout out to that. I'm sure Viva Pinata fans are 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 very happy about this. Uh, Joey Noel. Boom. There you go. There you God go. Bless. Let's talk about story number four. 505 Games buys the Ghost Runner IP for 5 million euros. This is James Batchelor at GamesIndustry.biz. 505 Games has added a new franchise to its portfolio in the form of Cyberpunk Ninja Action outing Ghost Runner. 
The company worked with Polish publisher All In Games on the game's initial release back in October 2020, and now takes full control of the IP, as well as, quote, all licenses for the technological solutions used in the game, end quote. The acquisition cost 5 million euros, as stipulated in the original publishing agreement, all In will continue to receive a share of profits from the game's ongoing sales. Ghost Runner recouped its 2.5 million euro production costs on launch day and sold more than 500,000 copies by the end of 2020, with All In expecting sales to reach 1 million later this year. Quote, Ghost Runner quickly turned out to be a huge success, which convinced 505 Games to submit an offer. One of those hard-to-refuse offers, said uh, Zigadlo, who I believe works for All In Games. This is cool. You know, it's it's awesome to see that uh, Ghost Runner was successful enough for 505 to be like, yo, this is worth purchasing. And I'm yeah. sure this this is going to mean that we're going to see more from Ghost Runner. Uh, and so if you're a Ghost Runner fan, boom, Andy Cortez, you have, you have a lot to look forward to. Dude, I mean, hey, congrats to All In Games. This is awesome. You know, like imagine a smaller team making a game that like all of us looked at. And we're like, this at the very least looks very cool. Right. And it like yeah. got good reviews. And like this, this is kind of like a very good story for a small dev. What this means for the future, 505 kind of has, you know, a little a bumpy of a, of a past. But it's not at this point, not the worst thing. They do release a bunch of games and, you know, they, they try, which is better than we could have said for them in the, in the past. So uh, congrats. Now, when you to say the past, are you specifically games. referencing like the control thing? Not, ju- not just that, but just like there's mm-hmm. always this kind of like it seems like they make a lot of missteps here and there, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and also gobbling up, buying a whole bunch of different things. So that always gets scary where it's like, when you buy too much, where's the focus going to go? Uh, but then it sounds like there's a lot of things in here that I, I like, like them uh, still getting the revenue from the ongoing sales and all that stuff. It's like, cool. At least it sounds like there are some stipulations in place that aren't going to mean that this is just going to put all in games uh, in a situation where they're never going to make a game again. Yeah, yeah, which I think I, I think that's cool also. And yeah, it seems like, 505 Games seems like one of those publishers that is slowly and slowly becoming more and more prolific. You know, like I, I think their name became a little bit more popular within recent years, especially with the Control uh, Ultimate Edition thing. And like again, that that was a mistake, a misstep in how they handled it. But for a publisher that you don't hear about as much compared to so many other publishers, the fact that they were able to act to to be involved with that period is big for them. And then also they they worked on the PC release of Death Stranding uh, and quite a few other games that uh, that we know about. And so and this seems like another step in order to make them more prolific and in order to kind of build them up. Uh, and so, yeah, once they release Ghost Runner 2, if that's a hit, then that, that's going to continue to further their name. And I I expect to see a lot more from 505 in the coming years if they continue continue to grow at this rate. Tim, before we go on to story number five, I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts, and that's why I recommend ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked in data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. 
ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service on CNET and Wired. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Download the app on your phone or your computer, tap one button, and you're protected. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect yourself with the VPN kind of funny trust to keep us safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash games. That is expressvpn.com slash games to get three extra extra months free go to expressvpn.com slash games right now to learn more story number five tim no man's sky is getting a big new update that adds big shared journeys this is from matt perslow at ign hello games has announced no man's sky expeditions a new update that adds multiple upgrades based based around going based around going on missions with friends the update launches today Expedition's flagship feature is a new mode that features rendezvous planets, worlds where players all start in the same place and can embark on expeditions together across the galaxy. These expeditions can be planned using a new Expedition Planner menu, which which will help keep everyone in the team focused. Expeditions are made up of phases, which are split into milestone challenges. While this does add focus, Hello Games promises that milestones are open-ended and can be completed in any order, which preserves the freeform nature of the game. While the cooperation aspect makes up the the main features of of Expeditions, the update includes a large number of other quality-of-life improvements. A new jetpack will be available, as well as the ability to call in walkers Titanfall style. That sounds actually really cool. <laughs> the UI has been updated and is now in 4K, and new colorblind mode, mode, new colorblind support is available. Twitch drop support has been added, uh, as well as cro- as well as cross cross platform naming mergers, improving improved ping system, and better text chat. You can also unlock golden helmets and ship rewards. A new ongoing season system will also be present. No Man's Sky, Tim. The gift that keeps mm-hmm. on giving. I mean, it's crazy, you know, starting this show talking about cyberpunk and having this here, too. Where's Anthem? Where's Fallout 76? We had to get those stories to complete the entire situation, as well as Final Fantasy XIV. Like, I think that it's awesome to see uh, No Man's Sky here continuing to make the right calls, and it, it has transition transitioned to being a great game, and they're just continuing to add things that make it an even better experience for the people actively playing the game, which at this point is what matters most. Uh, the, The story around No Man's Sky now is it's a great game and people should play it. People don't talk about the launch. People don't talk about all the issues it had and all that. It's like we're, we're getting to a point where they're adding so many features that are have been requested, so many things that are just cool. This Titanfall stuff, that's awesome. But UI updates, the 4K support, the colorblind mode, it's like these are all things that really show these developers care about this product and about the longevity uh, of the product and about the experience that the players have. Yeah, like No Man's Sky is uniquely doing it the right way you know like they, they during the game awards they won the award for best ongoing game right and you saw sean uh is, is sean murray right sean murray mm-hmm. uh hello games you saw him kind of surprised because he was like fuck we beat fortnite like how the fuck did that ha- happen right he got that kind of kind of reaction to it but when you look at it you know you mentioned that we don't even talk about the bad shit anymore that was going down with no man's sky and that's so true like i look at replies whatever no man's sky tweets right or comments on no man's sky trailers and all this shit and people are over the moon on it people have nothing but nice things to say and on and for the internet that is very 
uncharacteristic because usually the internet is very good about always finding the negative shit to to bring up and 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 remind you of but the 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 ship has, has turned completely on no man's sky in a way that i think is very unique and very awesome because you've gone you've gone from the game trying to fix things that were that were wrong with it at its core things that were promised that weren't there at launch things that people were looking forward to uh during that first year in the game that just weren't there you've gone from just fixing those to now adding in things that either people have requested or people didn't even know they wanted from no man's sky right like you see vr being added you see a bunch of different shit being added and it feels like every other month or so there's now a big new update that's being added that Mm -hmm. that that dynamically changes and improves the way that you're playing no man's sky and this this expeditions thing is just the latest example of that and so shout out to that and you you mentioned like right like fallout 76 and anthem and like you know we want to see those stories with 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 even more games just this last week i started getting back into fallout 76 because Greg hit me up and was like, "Hey, are you? Do you like? Is this a thing you want to do? Because I'm, I'm kind of feeling it." And then friends, friends on Twitter, Rihanna, Danny, Paris, started tweeting about Fallout 76, and I was like, "Fuck, you know what, man? I let's do it. I'm playing Fallout 76 and jumping into it. That game still needs that. That game still has a long way to go in terms of just purely fixing things." I was shocked. I was shocked playing Fallout 76 earlier this week and trying to play with a friend and seeing that, oh, okay, so it doesn't track our quests at the same time. Okay, my friend is the team leader but i don't see her quests like well i don't see the quest that she's doing on my on my screen that's a weird decision oh when we're going into the same building it is instanced for each other and then if i enter if i enter a building with her i basically have to be be in her instance and i'm not gaining i'm not able to do any of the shit that i have to do so if we're on the same quest we basically have to go through the same building twice it's shit like that that makes that game such a struggle such a frustration stuff that is simple so stuff as simple as fast traveling together isn't as easy as it is in a game like outriders which i which we jumped into right after fallout 76 and it felt like night and day um and again i think that is a testament to one how difficult it is to fix a game that comes out and and is fundamentally flawed and broken but then two how impressive the no man's sky story is like the fact that they've gotten from where they're at to where they are and there's a fan base there and people passionate about it and it's it's turning into or not even turning into it has become a beloved game that's incredible and shout out to that uh there's a similar sentiment being shared here by peter davis who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can with a write-in that's not a question but pretty much sums up the same thing that we're talking about here uh peter davis writes this can we talk about no man's sky and hello games They've just announced yet another update, Expeditions, allowing you to start a new planet or start on a planet with other players and then explore the galaxy together. Can we name another company with such dedication to their game and their fan base? It all started with complete disaster on launch, and I think many thought that the bad reception would sink Hello Games without a trace. But no, they went dark, they got on it, and they not only fixed the problems problems but they steadily improved the game with practically everything people wanted and many features that we didn't know we wanted we got multiplayer releases on other platforms a psvr mode a ps5 update and yet more features being added all the time all for free all from a studio with our with around 30 people plus they developed and released another game the last campfire last year as well people are always asking if the big studios can turn around far bigger far bigger budget projects like the avengers anthem r.i.p cyberpunk etc like hello games did with no man's sky and the answer simply is no no they can't because hello games seems unique in the industry for their dedication to this game and they deserve all the praise they get if not more 
and yeah, like I 100% agree with that, especially when you talk about the, the uniqueness of Hello Games. And I think them as an indie developer that have to focus on this, this one game and have to bring it back from the dead and have to get it right, I think puts them in a different place than what you see with a lot of big, big budget, big AAA developers with games like Avengers and all this stuff where, where you know, Anthem a year later isn't what they want it to be. And so they're like, fuck it. This, is, this ain't worth the money. This ain't worth the investment. This ain't worth, uh, this, this isn't going to, uh, um, down the down the road satisfy the folks that are invested in this company and so we have to say goodbye to it uh hello games is kind of uniquely the the indie developer that was able to pull that off and so again shout out to that yeah i think the uniqueness really does come from that indie factor because i don't think it's that unique when you look at it as the at the industry as a whole like mortal or not mortal Kombat. sorry master chief collection i think is a great example of a game that was like insanely flawed at launch and now is great and now has a lot of these same type of stories of getting all the right patches getting all the right updates and it's a little different because it's not new content because it's old games but you have to look at the game and what are people looking for from that game and i think master chief collection is delivering what people are looking for from that experience uh final fantasy 14 obviously is another huge example of that of realm reborn coming in and we talked about it on gamescast a couple of weeks but like really kind of nailing it and doing it right uh and it's that that second swing at bat where they really messed up the first swing but they have another chance to, to make it right. In a perfect world, like to answer the question of, can we name another company with such a dedication to their game and their fan base? It's like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them that got it right the first time too, right? It's like, yeah. th th this is a dedication of, you know, tail between your legs and having to go back and be like, how are we going to fix this? And the answer is in always fix it. Sometimes it is just cut and, cut and, and walk away, run. you know? Uh, but they didn't do that with No Man's Sky. And what, what No Man's Sky is at now is way closer to what they initially promised. But they didn't give what was initially promised when it was promised. So it is a kind of interesting back and forth of like, yes, they're, they're absolutely nailing it, but there's a ton of other devs and publishers that have nailed other experiences the first time. And I think Sea of Thieves is more an example of that where Sea of Thieves came out and it was a little content light but it's not like they they didn't, and I'm using broad strokes here, but it's not like they messed it up. It's not like they promised a whole bunch of shit that wasn't there. It's just what they promised was kind of like, eh, this is whatever. But then, then they've added on it. Then they've kept going. And I, I feel like we need to give them credit for that as well, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I and I thousand percent agree with that too. Yeah, and I, when I use the word unique, I'm specifically talking about unique from the standpoint of like I, th I was also I would also say Final Fantasy fourteen is a similarly unique case of that game launched and was not it was not it right like No Man's Sky launched and was one of the biggest controversies of the year and they just won a game award for best ongoing game. I think mm -hmm. that arc specifically is a very unique arc, but I one hundred percent agree that. Other de other developers and other publishers have invested in their games, right? Like people have been dropping games in chat, like Street Fighter Five, totally, uh, like stuff like uh, Battlefront Two, and again, like yeah, those are very much examples of and Sea of Thieves, right? Examples of games that launched in launched in a state or launched fine or whatever, and then continue to grow over time. That specifically is not unique. That is a thing that I think I want. That is a thing that I do want to continue to see from ongoing games. But the specific arc of this is one of the most trashed games of the year. This is a huge controversy. This thing sucks. And to now being a, a game that is winning game awards and that is killing it and that is being continually talked about on a, on a basis that is that it is a fucking beloved game. I think that is uh, a, a fantastic thing for Hello Games and No Man's Sky. Tim, I got one more news story for you. Story number six, Genshin Impact is coming to PS5 soon with enhancements. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. 
Developer Mihoyo has announced. I don't know why that developer name gets to me every single time, but it does every time I say it out loud. Developer Mihoyo has announced that a PS5 version of Genshin Impact will be launched soon and will come with some enhancements. The upgraded version of Genshin Impact won't be doing anything above and beyond, but will offer the expected 4K resolution with enhanced textures across every part of the game, as well as improved loading times thanks to the PS5's SSD. So while Genshin Impact's PS4 version is playable on the new console, thanks to backwards compatibility, this version will offer some noticeable improvements. So there you go. If you're big into Genshin Impact, look for that PS5 version soon. I'm happy for you. Uh, this is this will be the part of the of the new story where I'll name a random person in my head who I know loves Genshin Impact. Imran Khan. Boom, Imran Khan. Look forward to that. Excited yeah. for you. Look forward to it and make sure that you figure out your save. Do not delete the PS4 version until your <laughs> save is transferred, until you have guaranteed your trophies have popped, everything's showing up. Otherwise, just leave it there. Don't just delete it. it. I've learned this the hard ways now three freaking times. Tim, yes. I'm very excited for the day where that get, that gets figured out on the PlayStation side of things, and they make it so that the saves just cross over between the consoles. It is just seamless. It is smart. It is smartly delivered. But that future, so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Swapware. Swafware. Man. Out today, we got Squad Killer for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Escape from My Life Inc. for Xbox One. My Time at Sandrock for PC. Radon Blast for Xbox One. Drive By <laughs> for Switch, but it's spelled B U Y, like you're buying something from the store. Drive By for Switch. Stormtail for Switch. Rainbow Corns for Switch. Another Eden, the cat beyond time and space, is out what? today for Steam. Kevin, please, please get me a trailer of another Eden, the cat beyond time and space. Oh, what a release day today. And then Drake Hollow's major update, Bramble Beatdown, oh, lands today. And then the Binding, Binding of Isaac Repentance is now available on Steam and on the Epic Game Store. Uh, new days for you. Actually, do we have it yet? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, new days for you. The Skylia Prophecy is coming to PS4, Switch, and Xbox One April 23rd. Chivalry 2 Crossplay Closed Beta runs April 23rd to 26th. And then from The Verge, PUBG Lite, the free-to-play version of the Ultimate Life and Death Fight spec for lower-end machines, is going dark on April 29th. New downloads were shut down on March 30th. And so if you're a PUBG Lite fan, I am sorry for your loss. But Kevin, can you bring up I'm trying. <laughs> another Eden... Another Eden, the cat beyond time and space. This is not at all what I expected. Yeah, no, this is. Where's the fucking cat? And where and where is it going beyond time and space? Oh, there's, there's the cat. cat. There's, there's the, cat. the cat. What the fuck? So this it's a JRPG with cheap chibi anime looking characters. They I just happen to cheap. have a cat. It also does Another look cheap. Eden. Yeah, I'll just say chibi and cheap. Beyond. Oh, it's no, free on Kevin, PC. Stop. I need to hear this trailer voice guy say the name of that game. Please, please get to the end of there. Another Eden. The cat beyond time and space. <laughs> what role do you call it? Have the cat in the title and the frog's the biggest thing on the goddamn screen. What role do you think the cat plays in the story? Because the cat, the, the name, the 
cat is in the title of the game, but it looks like the cat is just a cat that they just have not, on their team. I, Do you I think, think the, cat the cat is cat, like a, a magic cat? Yeah, he he lets the tree the team travel through time and space. Where so they, they have to like, go to do that? It's not a domestic. Oh, no, they just cat. squeeze it's the just... cat. Oh, oh no! Goes, okay. no. See, poor kitty. <laughs> so it's not like a, it's not like their pet cat. It's a cat that they they're like, yo, you have to tag along because you're a core. I mean, for us so the, they've kind of abducted him, but eventually they do become friends, and he okay. chooses to stay with them, even though they freed him. So it's like Persona Five, basically, or like the genie in Aladdin. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a better. That's a better. That's a better pull. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, deal of the day for you. PS Plus games have been announced for April. Uh, coming to PS Plus, PS Plus on April 6th, you're getting Oddworld Soulstorm, Days Gone, and Ooh. Zombie Arm- Army for Dead War. And uh, Tim, I know you are, you are not PlayStation support, but I'm going to ask you a question that I should probably ask them. Days Gone was part of the PS Plus collection. PS Plus collection, I, is that just the PS, PS5 thing? This is something I should know yes. as a PlayStation podcast. Yes, so that, is, that is the case, is that the, the collection is only for PS5. So, so if, you, if you're rocking here, a PS4. It's a little like, eh, if you're a PS5 owner. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you well, already had this. I already got it, but. Boom. If you're on PS4 and want to play Days Gone, you haven't yet. Free oh, well, okay. Qua- coming up. Oddworld Soulstorm, though, that is the new Oddworld game? Yes, that's a new game. That was already okay, announced cool. for PS Plus, but yeah. yeah, it's still a cool thing. And then Zombie Army Dead, Zombie Army Four Dead War is also a pretty fun game if you like uh, a, a Left 4 Dead like that is about Nazi zombies basically, which isn't a new idea now that I say it out loud, but still <laughs> always a fun concept when you get there. Tim, folks can go over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where they can get the show ad-free, but they can also write in with their questions, just like DRO87 did. DRO87 wrote in and asks, Yesterday, Greg reported on a story about CD Projekt Red's announcement that it, that it intends to develop new games in the Witcher and Cyberpunk universes simultaneously. This, of course, led to the ever-present conversation about CD Projekt Red's bungled launch of Cyberpunk and the slew of stories that have come out since the game's launch. While I understand that this history cannot be erased, and it will take a lot for CD Projekt Red to change perception of the studio as well as the game, I think the quote, cyberpunk is broken narrative is no longer accurate and is, it is misleading. Anecdotally, I started playing cyberpunk in February on my Xbox Series X. I'm about 70 hours in and have not experienced a single crash. The game has had some texture pop-ins, and occasionally, occasionally I need to close the game and relaunch it. But I have not experienced anything different than what I encounter in almost every open-world game. For context, I played, I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my Xbox Series X and experienced considerably more jank, texture pop-ins, crashes, etc. Yet, no one focuses on Valhalla's continued issues. Do you think Kind of Funny and other media outlets should reassess Cyberpunk and update the narrative on the game a la No Man's Sky, or has the ship sailed at this point? Tim, what's your what do you, where do you stand on this? Like, do you think the the it's the the um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is broken narrative still stand or should still stand? Um, I mean, I think that it just kind of comes in the fact that we just spent fifty minutes talking about Cyberpunk today, right? And that's the status of where the game is at. Is it's getting a multiplayer mode now instead of a whole new game? It's like it. There's still broken problems here. And it was always the case that some people had a good experience with the game not crashing, specifically PC players. And you playing on an Xbox Series X, uh, D-Row, D-Row, you know, that is going to be a better experience than people that were playing on the older consoles, uh, which makes sense there, too. Uh, do, Do I think KF and other media outlets should reassess Cyberpunk? I think KF specifically with the way that we handle things at 
it, we play the games we want to play. We go back to the games we want to go back to. That's our whole MO. And so with that, us updating the narrative is kind of just reading the news stories that come out. And the news stories are positive for No Man's Sky, which is why we're talking about the narrative on that game changing. Whereas they're, if not negative, they're just kind of neutral uh, on the cyberpunk front where they haven't really no, proven anything, right? It, yeah, exactly. And yeah. In, in some cases, negative. Uh, but in certain things like them not doing a multiplayer-only game and adding multiplayer to this, that's not necessarily a negative, but it's definitely not necessarily a positive, right? So mm-hmm. we'll have to, to wait and see. Once those changes start happening, that's when I think the narrative of the game's going to start to turn around. Like, it is so soured. And, like, I saw a couple of days ago, I think it was we talked about on the show, but 100 days have passed of Cyberpunk not being on the PlayStation Store. Like, that's a huge, huge issue that until that's fixed, I don't know how possible it is to say the narrative on the, the game has changed in a, in a positive light. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is narr- narratives form based on many different opinions and many different talking points just this morning i listened to uh GameSpot. they put up a video that was specifically about the new patch update for cyberpunk 2077 it was john luke and jake decker over there basically giving the review on hey this is what we experienced from the new patch this is the update on what cyberpunk 2077 is and i think that's the right way to start to tackle that right that's the right way like there there are going to be certain outlets that have that role of being the ones who are up to date on the day to day of cyberpunk and it, it is it is for kind of funny we pay attention to that like we're on the timeline we are we're we're on the websites looking at what the day to day thing is for cyberpunk but it's not on us specific like we're not cyberpunk specific uh uh um content creators right and so like we have that role of looking at the wide breadth of games and looking at the games that we personally want to play in order to follow them in order to uh, in order to give a, give you our in-depth opinion opinion on them that's why greg is such a great source for marvel's avengers because he is invested in marvel's avengers but greg can't be invested in every single AAA game that comes out because that's impossible for any singular content creator to do we have to kind of pick and choose but yeah. what we can do is pay attention to folks like jake decker or folks who are cre- who are reviewing and creating that content so that we understand what the status is of that and that'll then inform us hey should i go back to cyberpunk is it worth going back to that is it worth playing that uh playing that and for what we see right like it still seems uh it, it seems like they, they are working on it especially what i got from GameSpot's video they are making specific changes but those those changes don't bring the game to the place where it's all the way there and so i think this narrative the narrative the quote-unquote narrative that i guess that we're at with cyberpunk is still going to stand until we see a dynamic change in the way the game plays until we see that game come actually come out on PlayStation again. And to uh, uh, Row here, right? D Row, you played on, you said you pl- you're playing on Xbox Series X. And the thing to keep in mind is that most people don't have their hand on a next gen console. So many people are playing that game, quote unquote, like so many people. A lot of people are playing that game on PlayStation and on Xbox One, right? In the current gen or last gen at this point of consoles. That is the many people's experiences, and so they are good at, they're, they're, their opinions are going to be formed based on that experience. As opposed to me, who I played that game on PC, suffered a lot of bugs, but my game crashed, I think, only once during my 30 hours of playing. Um, and like even the even the bugs I experienced, I experienced didn't entirely ruin the game for me at all. Dude, that's and, the thing is like the yeah. the reality of our situation is kind of funny. It was very positive on Cyberpunk when it came out, but that's because. Uh, most of us played on high-end PCs to some extent, and we didn't experience a lot of those issues. I almost guarantee that Cyberpunk is going to be in my top 10 games of the year. It wasn't the transformative experience that I was hoping it could be for me, but also not my type of genre traditionally, and it it did grab me, and it had me all the way to the end. Uh, I I went back, I forgot when it was, 
maybe during the break to to finish it off. And it's like, yeah, I had a great time with it. And it is a technical marvel when you have the system to to back that up, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, you know, the, the Greg had a very different experience. And especially when it comes to him caring about trophies and the last trophy for him is glitch. So he won't get that platinum. That sucks. Yeah, that yeah, that sucks. And yeah, I like Cyberpunk was in the the for the Gamescast game of the year episode. It was on the latter half of my list for the top ten. And of course, like that 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 list is a list that is based off of what my arguments are for Gamescast game of the year specifically. If I was just to make an objective like ten out of ten list for blessing 20, 2020, it might not make it on there. But it is a game that I enjoyed enough to keep it to to actually keep it on that version of that list. And so. You know, it also has game game of the year nominees from specific websites too. It's just that thing of it is such a messy game that has such a handful of different experiences being had with it. And so, Drill, you had a great experience with it because of the console that the, the console that you're on, and you happen to just not run into a lot of the shit that other people ran into. But then on the other side, right? I I've, I've seen those videos of people playing on a base PS4 and what that game looks like, and it did not look good uh, playing that way. And I doubt that it looks good now. Right, even with the updates, I doubt if you're playing on a base PS4, that game is gonna run the way that you want it to run. Um, and so that 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 that's what narratives are, and it's gonna be messy. But you know, I don't think I don't think it's it, that narrative is gonna change entirely yet. Maybe one day though, we'll have maybe. to see. Maybe this is where we would usually squat up, but instead of squatting up, I have one of those rotating segments to pull in. Uh, I got a required reading for you this week uh it's an article from kirk mckeon at the gamer website uh the the article is entitled meet the developers who are about to lose their ps vita games forever it's basically an article where where kirk interviews a bunch of different developers who have who have either released games on vita or are about to release games on vita and how kind of a fucked up situation they're in when it comes to the vita store closing i'm going to read a small excerpt it is a long article um, but it is a one that is worth reading if you're curious about some of the inner workings of how this this uh, Vita store and PlayStation store closing situation is panning out. Uh, and so I'm going to, again, I'm going to read a small portion of it, but I definitely urge you guys to check it out on the Gamer website. It goes like this. A week ago, we reported that Sony plans to close the PS3, PSP, and PlayStation Vita stores. You can still download and play what you already bought, but but once closed, the games listed on the stores won't be pur- purchasable anymore. Exclusives will be lost forever, and, clo- and close to two decades of work will be Thanos snapped out of existence in what seems what seem what seemingly a cost-saving exercise without any consideration for the human cost. I reached out to indie devs who are losing years of work and projected income, as well as some some who are racing to beat the deadline to be one of the last Vita games through the pearly gates of Sony's platform. German studio Behind the Stone released Sir Eats a Lot, uh, a 2D platformer p- for PlayStation Vita, two years ago. Until recently, the game was exclusive to the platform. The studio predicted this change and decided to work on a Switch port because, quote, the way Sony treated the device was telling, end quote. Sir Isolot was built from the ground up with Vita as the lead platform. The game was a financial flop, but the studio stayed afloat thanks to a limited release, fi- limited physical release. Still, the Vita closure means three years of development time would have just been thrown away if not for the foresight to port to Switch. Uh, they want, went on to talk about games like Licky, Licky the Lucky Lizard, Swap Quest, and Task Force Campus, and other games uh, that are uh, focused on, on Vita releases. Highly recommend. Go check that out. Uh, Kirk McKeon, you're doing God's work over there. Thank you for that. I had the displeasure of looking up Licky the Lucky Lizard because it sounds like a game that I'd want to see in action. And uh, I don't recommend anyone look at that game. 
No, it is offensive how bad it looks. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a Vita exclusive game. What are you? What are you gonna say? You know. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? it ain't no freedom wars. I'll tell you that. Mm. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com/slash you're wrong. You write and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Correct it for those watching later on YouTube.com/slash games. And for those watching later, uh, or for those listening later on podcast services, watching on YouTube. Uh, let's see here. Man, all right. We might, we might have to have a meeting on you're wrong, guys. All right. <laughs> ALWT Gaming says, not a you're wrong, but PlayStation game uh, reminders from April are the following. Uh, Days Gone, Zombie Army 4, Odd World Soulstorm. Listen, everybody. Let's get, before, before you start adding in Miss, Miss, deals miss news let's let's get through most of the show first you know because it might be in there thousand deals of the day thousand deals of the day uh, let's see this ain't you're wrong this ain't a this ain't a game's daily you're wrong uh, people are writing in with breaking news uh that jeff grubb reports remedy is working on alan wake 2 uh, he said this on a stream. I wouldn't count that as breaking news necessarily because that sounds like more of a Jeff Grubb says things, said a thing. But Jeff Grubb, of course, is the homie. Summer Games Mess. He usually is spot on. And so there's that info for you right there. there and that is pretty much it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We, didn't really, we really didn't get any strict you're wrong. So me and you, Tim, we killed it. Killed it, dude. Like killed normal. It. You know what I mean? It feels like a Monday. But it's a Wednesday. It does, but it's a Wednesday. Tomorrow is <laughs> Thursday, and you know what? It's Thursday, April 1st, which means you're getting Andy and Nick for your oh, kind of funny God. games daily host tomorrow for the highly anticipated April Fool's episode. I'm sure it'll be filled with shenanigans. I'm very excited to listen to that live. I hope you are too, uh, so look forward to that. If you're watching this li- live right now on Twitch, as a reminder, after this is Greg playing Outriders. He's doing that to raise money for AHA. Go to kindoffunny.com slash AHA to get your donations in and support the wonderful cause. Greg Miller is a fucking coward. Why would he play Outriders when he could be playing Licky the Lucky Lizard? You know? What happened to Swartor? I thought he was. I thought it was. What happened to Swartor? Swartor. Look, I have a mouse. I have a keyboard. That's Greg Miller now. That's Greg fucking Miller. PC dork. He said it would never happen. Look what's happening now. You're getting the Here 30 bitch. <laughs> of course, this Christ. has been kind Why of funny so games aggressive? daily. Why? You know, we could be better. Could we, Kevin? Could we be better? We need a cat that can travel through time before we can be better, Kevin. We have to go back and fix these problems. This is who we are. We're season five, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., all right? Everything is dark for no reason. We're all frowning in the fucking fucking art, the promotion art. That's who we are now, a year into quarantine. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.